0: Yeah, no, no, some Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> she's, she's he's going to turn man. like
1: 2500 and he's, she's going to be like, see you yeah, later, mate. Uh,
0: oh, yeah, see you. <laughs> Don't turn 2500 years older or else so, I'll have a problem.
2: Hello and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. And welcome to Middle Earth, where we are going to be discussing Prime videos, Lord of the Rings show, The Rings of Power, for the next couple of months. Now, long-time listeners of this podcast will know that the Tolkienverse is one of my, bracket many, pop culture blind spots. So I brought in some friends to help us in discussing this very, very ambitious show from Amazon Prime. Um, and joining us for the ride, now that they've set up their subreddit on why Sauron was right, guys, help me welcome Priscilla and Chizzy! Nice. How are you guys doing?
0: Good, good, looking forward to it, man.
1: Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Are you ready? Yep. Here to talk shit about Sauron. Talk shit? I thought you were pro-Sauron. Oh yeah, I will. It's a positive thing as well.
2: Okay, because... By your only other appearance on this podcast, we know that you're pro every villain in history, apparently. So, uh, Cheesy, good luck. Best of luck in, in dealing with that. Um, I'm happy that you guys agreed to come on the podcast and talk about this show, um, this episode, first two, first two episodes, um, after our very, very smooth preamble into talking about this, <laughs> this episode. It was, it was very smooth. We, we said the time. We all made it for the time, and we all just started recording very smoothly. It's been a great day so far, hasn't it? So. Oh, yeah. Uh, but you guys, you know what? Before I leave them talk about Lord of the Rings and the Rings of Power, be up admin quickly. There's a of stuff going on in our podcast right now. Um, if you're currently watching and enjoying this great season of Industry, um, guess what? We had the privilege of speaking with the creators. Uh, mickey down and conrad k earlier this week so if you're watching industry and you like industry you can check that out it's up on the feed um if for, unfortunately you're in the uk and you're waiting for it to drop on bbc that will be out end of september i believe um and yeah our weekly coverage of industry continues next week as we head towards the season finale um if you aren't watching industry or not a fan of industry please get involved quickly because it's really putting together a very good um second season um and yeah also keeping with our fantasy movement right now we're also covering house of the dragon weekly um friends some friends who are well versed in the a song of a song of ice and fire book and law are covering that weekly so yeah if you have any background questions if you want to know why Viserys is being told by everyone to marry a child on this week's episode uh yeah check the podcast and we'll have weekly episodes dropping every wednesday on that how do you keep track of all our episodes? Well, you follow us on whatever platform you're listening on right now. Spotify, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, apparently that's a thing. Um, just follow us there. And please also just rate and review us. That really helps us get ahead of the algorithm. So just give us like five stars or whatever. Um, we are pro 419 on this podcast. We are pro bribery. Just just give us five stars, whether you like the podcast or not. Um, I also want on YouTube. So if you prefer to watch your podcast, check us out on YouTube as well. Um... Yeah, that's all the begging I'm going to do. And I'm going to hand it out to you guys. I hope you guys have fun in talking about this show. Um, cheesy, please try to curtail Priscilla's worst impulses <laughs> as best as you can. I'm my best. You might, so you might not know this, but last time she was on this podcast, we were talking about um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse. And I found out that some of Priscilla's favorite fictional characters are... Magneto and Dr. Doom those are the people that she stands she stands so like good luck to you Um, good luck to you Uh, but yeah I don't know is there anything you guys need before I leave and let you guys get your token net stuff on no we're good we're good okay well thanks again for coming on the podcast thank you for agreeing to do this and I hope you guys have a lot of fun discussing the show sweet
0: Uh,
1: thanks so much
0: all right great great so um yeah welcome uh to the podcast uh bear with us um it's certainly for me the first time i've ever recorded put my thoughts uh out there in the world um so yeah do bear with me very excited about the show really excited to speak about it with um priscilla um as well uh so Where I thought we would start uh, was sort of establish what kind of fans we are Uh, first. I think with the Tolkien world, there's a lot of people that are very deep into the lore, and there are some people that are very deep in only with the Peter Jackson trilogy. I just wondered where you would class yourself there, Priscilla.
1: Okay, I oh, this is a bit of a tough question to answer. I'm into the law, massively into the law you know third age second age first age stuff like I'm well into it however I'm not like a massive nerd like I can't tell you this will happen this time and this blue wizard did this and then this Maya did this I, I can't tell you everything but I know enough more than the casual watcher if that makes sense so like yeah like watching the show I'm like oh yeah I recognize this 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 and this from what I read But I'm not one of those who can like tell you this person breathed at this time at this place with this person and did this, this, this and this and speak Elvish. Like I can't. I wish I could speak Elvish, but I'm not Elrond. So I can't. (laughs) (laughs) That, that
0: that would be really cool. I've I've got, I've got quite a bit of uh, Elvish in my bio. Actually, I love it. It's not that I can speak it though, but. Uh, there you go. Um, see, that's really interesting. I mean, the first thing I'll say, you mentioned the Blue Wizards. I believe nobody knows about the Blue Wizards because Tolkien never got round to writing, uh, too much about them, apart from the fact they traveled east. So I think that's okay. Now, um, I would slightly similar to Priscilla. Um, look, I love the Lord of the Rings trilogy, Peter Jackson's. I mean, to the point I can recite most of the lines. Um, and then the law, I think, I'm um, what we would call. If you're on, if you're on Twitter, you like you know, you like football or whatever, you know what a casual is. And I think when it comes to some of the law, I can be a bit of a casual. Um, but that's that's all right because the reason I'm bringing this up is that you know, as we both know, Priscilla, that the second age, a lot of it is unwritten. So we're watching a show where there's been a lot of things filled in. And that's why we see like original characters, original storylines, because, you know, some parts of the book say someone was born and then a thousand years later they were involved in a war. And that would be quite (laughs) hard to put on TV. So um, the creators have had to do some work here. Yeah, Um,
1: it's quite complicated if you think about it, Mm. because this is where I feel sorry for them. It's different to House of Dragon, different show entirely. You've got enough content there to draw out something out of it. Whereas this one, it's very much bare bones. So you're sort of like trying to weave your own storyline whilst trying to please different types of watchers, casuals, people who've never watched it before and people who know everything. So, yeah, you're right.
0: Exactly. Uh, Exactly. And that's why you're bound to get different opinions, um, on the show and i think you know for that reason it's sort of important to take the show as it is i mean given tolkien who is also dead did not write this cover to cover there are just going to be some things that people either won't agree with um or love and that's just going to be a bit of a you know a dividing point but at the same time that's no excuse not to write a good story so um, let's get into it. What did you think of the uh, first episode?
1: So, uh, my thoughts on the first episode. I really loved the way they reintroduced us to Middle Earth. That was the thing that got to me. Like, it felt like I was a kid again watching Lord of the Rings, and you're being reintroduced to new characters, but the same feeling inside. Like, I remember when I saw Frodo and Bilbo and. Gimli and Legolas and all these massive characters for the first time as a kid, and then this show felt very similar to that, but very far removed because it's really easy for like these adaptations post a massive trilogy to sort of feel like, oh, I'm just watching part two of Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, as this felt so completely removed from it, but you still had the same feelings. Yeah, my sis, my sister, my sister Elle, right? the main bitch yeah her men hated her yeah they hated her she but she's got that dog in her she said no to the (laughs) tunnel line she said you know what man like my op's my op you kill my brother let's go let's go which is so far yeah. removed from i remember when you remember when you read the lord of the rings for the first time when you watch the actual peter jackson films and you see kate blanchett as this like ethereal woman apart from that one scene with frodo when frodo offers her the ring and she goes completely mm. psycho so i'm like Rod. so this like she was proper like warrior queen i was like oh, all right sorry <laughs> all right sorry
0: yeah no i was
1: honestly, so surprised honestly
0: yeah, it it was um it, it's like an interesting take on our character. So like like I said, you know, like with me being a Peter Jackson um, aficionado, like the only the only Galadriel I know is Kate C- Blanchett's um, uh, character, um, and you know that very regal calm. Apart from in one moment, yeah, with Frodo um, in in the uh, looking well, I think it's I think it's called. Um, yeah, so so this was a different character, but I, I, you know, and and just to like comment on the first thing you said, you know, the feelings that you had, the reason why you felt like you were watching Lord of the Rings again because there's a sort of formula in there. So they start, you know, immediately like with a prologue, you know, they're talking about how did we get to this point, and you know, a little a little scene to like you know set things off a bit like you know Lord of the Rings with Deagle and Smeagol. Um, we have um, obviously completely, in fact, you know, not nearly as messed up as, as Deagle and Smeagle. but um, you know, you have her playing with the boat, showing a bit of power, um, and their friends sinking it, and then you know, obviously, you've got uh, Finn. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've, I'm sure I'm missing half of his name, Finn something, um, <laughs> uh, talking to her, and um, it's a really beautiful moment. But I think the other thing. That gives you that feeling as well that sometimes you don't realize you're perceiving is the cinema, cinematography. And I would encourage anyone that hasn't watched it yet to just watch it on big of a screen as possible because you can see the budget. The, the shots are incredible. The care taken and then a uh, shout out. Um, I think his name is Bear McCleary, um, who did the music as well and just really captured that middle earth feeling. So I thought it was a really good um, reintroduction. Um, so what did you, but what did you make? So I know obviously we've got the, um, uh, you know, her men abandoning her because she wants to, you know, go after and avenge her brother. She still believes Sauron is around. But what did you make of the, um, you know, the fight scene with the troll and stuff like that? Like, you know, what did you make of that fight choreography?
1: It was, the whole fight choreography, from the start to finish, was brilliant. Even in the prologue, um, it was just brilliant. It felt like you spent time and effort doing this and that's all I asked for. It felt like you were there. I don't know how to explain it, but it felt like I was there. Like, it genuinely felt like, yeah, it transports transports you you straight into it. And I always love it when fights. I think that's what made. I know we keep harping back onto the original trilogy, but I think that's what made it so great because you felt like you were in Helms Deep. You felt like you were in all these places. And watching that fight with the troll and all the other fight sequences, because we had a we had a lot for a first episode to be fair. I didn't think yeah. we were going to go straight into it yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. But it was absolutely brilliant. The, the way the choreography was used, you did feel like she was. She still was feminine in some of her movements. I don't know if that makes any sense.
0: Um, I mean like, like, like
1: light on her yeah, feet. Yeah, like, light I on mean, her feet. Like elf, really. The only way I can yeah. explain it is you know the way Arya fights in Game of Thrones?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That sort of quickness and lightness of her feet. And yeah, you can tell they spent a lot of time and effort trying to make this exactly right and in exactly in the style that Tolkien would have used and in the way he wrote as well. So yeah, I love the fight yeah. scenes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, a bit like fighting uh, with grace. I, I mean, I've seen some people compare it to, um, you know, the, the set pieces that was used for like Legolas and stuff like that um, in The Hobbit. Although to be fair, a lot of people do criticize some of the set pieces in The Hobbit, like Legolas jumping off. Fall, I think rocks were like falling, and he was like,
1: "Yeah," and then he jumps off but,
0: it. But you know, then he's also. But you've also got the really good ones when he takes down the Mumma kill, when he's sliding down uh the stairs uh at Helm's Deep and stuff like that. So I guess I guess it's just like a bit of a mix um uh, of that. But um yeah, I thought that was good. So uh and then from there, um I believe the next scene, I might I might be mixing them up, but we'll cover each scene anyway. Um we have those two strangers um with the huge antlers on their back. And um I actually remember that was one of the first bits of a promotion that we saw. And um, it turned out that these were just completely random characters. It was to introduce the Halffoots, wasn't it, Um, as they passed by. Um, And I was wondering, I was wondering what you um, would have made of that, you know, particularly because a lot of people know, um, you know, not just Peter Jackson fans, I think, you know, uh, well, obviously not just Peter Jackson fans, Uh, But a lot of people, you know, see the halflings as people that were, like, side characters in Middle-earth. So, like, what did you make of their prominence and their introduction in the first scene?
1: I was very conflicted because I was of the opinion that I actually didn't really want to see one, yeah, unless they were to the side. Like, they were maybe, I don't know how to compare it to what speaking were expected. Like, if they were like a side character, you were present, you were there, but you're not taking the main prominence over, you know, um, Galadriel and all the and Elrond and all the other characters. So I was quite yeah. surprised of how heavy how heavily prominent it was. Um, yeah, I wasn't too mad at it. To be fair, I was expecting to be madder than what I was, but yeah, I would have preferred it if they weren't as. Prominent, if that makes any sense.
0: No, does I agree with you because, um, like I mean, when I saw them, uh, you know, don't get me wrong, people had problems with uh, the Hobbits for other reasons that um, I don't think we'll get into here. But um, you know, Lenny Henry and stuff like that, I think people had problems with that rather than the uh actual prominence um of Hobbits. And uh, actually, do you know what? Oh, let's just I'll just tackle that very quickly. Um, the way Tolkien wrote the Harwoods was that um, they actually were more, um, shall I say, immersed into nature. So the way they had like their little hidden hearts in the trees and stuff like that all made sense. Tolkien also wrote them as having darker skin. So I'm just going to put that out there and we'll leave it Here at that. Here you go, racist. Um, but, 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 but. Um, yeah, like, you know, there were some moments where I was wondering what their prominence would be because, um, there was a bit of a cliched speech from, I think, not the character Nori's mother. Um, you know, we never step off the path. We all stick together whilst, them, um, you know, I'm thinking, did, have they put a Bilbo or Frodo in front of us? Cause she's saying, I want to know where the river runs. I want to know what's in the sky. And it's like, that isn't what hobbits do. And, when you put in lines like that it just worries me because it's like so you're setting them up for a huge adventure when that is so outside of what they're known for and you know if they were known for that in the second age then that kills off the impact of frodo and baggin um i said frodo and baggins uh frodo bilbo. And bilbo um because it was so and the rest of the and obviously the rest of the company uh samwise pippin and uh, mary because it was so abnormal for hobbits to do that. So I didn't like this harking back, um, to that, um, um, you know, type of character. So I was a bit, I was a bit worried, but, um, we'll see where it goes because, um, obviously, you know, the, the Meteor Man lands amongst them. We don't know who Meteor Man is. So, but yeah, so they're probably, it's probably going to intertwine at one point. We'll see what they do with it. Um, and like I said, that's what happens when there isn't too much um, to write
1: about. Yeah, because to but, hark yeah, on back to what you were saying, that's what I was worried about with the lack of material of the Second Age. Because what I don't want them to do is that this is not a prequel to Lord of the Rings. It's not at all. It's just a separate storyline. And totally you know what story, I mean? story, But yeah. I don't want to see Hobbits. I know you don't know anything yet. I'll give them the full season before I say anything. I just really hope we don't see Hobbits on these ventures. I don't want any of these cliché speeches because that's not what I came here for. Like, they're not that relevant in that period of time. So I, d- I don't want to yeah. hear that. Like, I just want to see them get drunk. Like, if 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 some couple of characters see them in a the bar having a few drinks, great. That's enough for me. A few jokes here or there. Maybe getting involved somehow a little bit nothing too crazy i'm perfectly okay with but yeah. when i had that speech like you said i was like oh really
0: <laughs> is this what we're doing because yeah, it's just it's just the setup the, the character development i'm just like no i don't really i mean that you know they put a bit of whimsical stuff in there when they were like eating the raspberries and stuff like that it's like but then and then at the same time you're like oh i like this because this is how hobbits behave but um this doesn't add anything to the story so then You do question why they're in there in the first place, but we'll see what they do um, with Meteor Man. I think that's the only reason they're in the entire story. Um, So now I don't know if this scene happened before or after that, but then obviously um, we're introduced to Elrond, uh, aka young Mr. Stark. I don't think anyone ever called him Mr. Stark because that's Tony Stark, Eddard Stark, um Richard something. Uh sorry Richard if you listen to this. I'm sure I'm sure all you and the cast members do, because it's a very popular podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> um what did you make of Elrond? Um Elrond's introduction and uh yeah, what are your general thoughts on him?
1: I was, like, I was tearing up watching him. I was actually tearing up. Okay. I was like, this this is what I dreamed of. Like it yeah. felt like him. He was he was all knowledgeable when he was reading his little writing in his little book, and then he was talking to Galigio, and he was talking to um, Durin later on, and he was like, you, the, the, "I don't." This is going so far ahead. This is in the second episode, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, we can talk about him in general. I mean, they, they both came out at the same time. Yeah. Says
1: so is- so when he goes, "Oh, I've not seen you for twenty years." and for him, it's like five minutes, and then he goes, "Yeah, yeah, you've missed me getting married and having kids, mate."
0: Like Yeah, no, exactly. It's
1: a blink of an eye. For, a blink of an eye me. for an elf. And it felt so true to the character. It was perfect characterization. Yeah. It's exactly when I read those books and watched those films, that's exactly what I imagined young Elrond to be exactly like. And what they did really well with him, Angolidore and other characters, is that's the perfect link up to Hugo Weaving as Elrond yeah. later on. Like then, I don't think he even did this on purpose. He was just that good because he did it on Game of Friends with Ned Stark. Is that like, well, it? Felt like him.
0: Yeah, no. Apparently, like of all the actors, apparently he's the one that really, really got into the lore. Um, apparently he was really excited about it. Read all the books back to front, so it's definitely coming out in the um performances and even just on that as well. I think a lot of the actors did uh quite well, um, just in terms of you know executing. Uh, what they were given for sure you know I don't think when when you watch a tv show and sometimes the scenes jump around I think there's always that danger of um uh you can notice when a weaker actor is on the screen and the whole the mood just drops but I think everyone was quite strong so yeah so for you know in the first episode so obviously Galadriel returns from uh the frozen waste um because her company um obviously tired of um you know uh, taking revenge. um Sorry, uh, her quest for revenge for her brother. um On that, I know for a fact, by the way, like people that are really, really into Tolkien weren't actually happy with uh, Finrod's death. Um, again, I keep forgetting her brother's name. Do apologize. But apparently, you read the books that was like a really horrible death. I uh, died by werewolf or something. And the fact it was off screen, a lot of people were disappointed with that. I will just say, though, the. Um, those the scenes of like the war and stuff, um, obviously originally against uh Morgoth um looked really good. The eagle and the dragon, the orc getting the arrow in its in his mouth. I mean, that was, you know, vintage uh Lord of the Rings stuff. I think and and the shots of um that underwater shot of um you know dead elves in the water yeah. and stuff like that. It was like a red hue of the dead marshes. Um it was really it was really well done. So yeah, because th- we kind of skipped over that, I, was, I just wanted to go back and make sure we praised that because I think they did really well. So anyway, so we have uh, Elrond meeting uh, Galadriel for the first time, and uh, again, yeah. What did what did you make? What did you make of their chemistry? And did you think did you think they were trying a little romance thing? Because I was like, I, I I don't know. Like, were they were they friends in Tolkien's universe? I can't remember that.
1: You, you know when you can't tell what it is when they have chemistry yeah
0: yeah but
1: what i loved about him even he was like you know what the dog in you is too much that dog in his in barking. Yeah. like all right we've heard your brother's dead yeah we know you've sent people all across all across middle earth you've got them climbing snowy mountains in the cold when they yeah. want to be back yeah. at home and you know <laughs> chilling and like doing smart things and making medicines and here you are disturbing their day yeah no yeah <laughs> trying to find something which obviously we all know exists but to them like we've not seen them in years like this thing that yeah, happens yeah. against Morgoth holds no relevance to us now because it happened so long ago for you obviously for her it's obviously really raw because it's her brother yeah so yeah. I really love that whole when he told her that like, you know what you need to settle down a bit, babe. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, I think their relationship—it's I think it's one to develop and one to watch out in, in the next coming episodes because they did a good job of showing that they are close. Because she was the—he was the only person that he she he sort of sort of almost got through to her. You can tell that she was taking yeah. in what he was saying. Everyone else was yeah. telling her the same thing and it weren't hitting. But you know when someone who you trust tells you the same thing, you're going to be like, okay, whether she takes it on or not is a different thing entirely. Yeah, but
0: absolutely.
1: I think they did a good job of making it ambiguous enough that we don't really know exactly where this is going to go into because the writers have full control to do whatever really they want to do with that. Um, So yeah, it yeah. was interesting. Like, they're friends. Whether they're more than friends, I don't know because it did feel a little bit off. I was like, okay, is this yeah. is this romantic? Are you trying to be romantic? Or am I just reading into things too much and being a bit obsessive? Like, I couldn't really... It wasn't firmly like, this is my friend. Like, we're a bunch of besties. Yeah, no. It didn't feel like yeah. that, but it didn't feel overly romantic at the same time. I don't know where to put myself with those you things. Just,
0: sometimes, yeah, you don't know where these writers will go with things. I mean... This could be completely wrong. Maybe I imagined... No, no, actually. Do you know what I was about to say was that there was a scene in The Hobbit where Galadriel... I thought I was going to say Galadriel and Elrond look a bit close, but if I remember correctly, I think it was Galadriel and Saruman. Um, that <gasps> like... I don't know if you remember, but <gasps> yes. Do you know what I'm on about?
1: Yes, yes. I feel like I know what you're talking about. It
0: was, it was her and Saruman,
1: right? It wasn't... I think it was it Saruman, wasn't... yeah. It was him
0: okay yeah because I was, I was like you know I was like wait did they send something up. and the other thing as well I'm pretty sure Galadriel was like thousands of years older than Elrond so she needs to chill if that's a thing if that's what they're doing no,
1: leave her leave let her I have like, a hot girl summer yeah no no some Leonardo
0: DiCaprio thing, right? <laughs> she's,
1: she's
0: he's gonna alive, turn like, like.
1: 2500 because she's gonna be like see you later yeah, Kate okay?
0: oh uh, yeah see you. <laughs> don't turn 2500 years older or else I'll have a problem but the other thing um, as well, I think I think what their matchup is now, I think what the writers are trying to do is the whole, you know, very headstrong, stubborn person. Then you have her friend that is reasonable and tries to calm her down, stuff like that. And I think that's where the mix between Elrond um, and Galadriel are, I think, is going to be that particular writer's trope. There was one thing, oh, and uh, just again, I think I just it's worth saying Lyndon um, looked amazing, like just stunning, like um, the detail, you know, I love the statues, I love the, you know, the trees that just seemed to rise forever. There was a particular aerial shot of um, Galadriel standing with Elrond and her like cloak was on the ground. And there was like, it was like tattered with like golden leaves and stuff like that. And, you know, it just, it looked, it looked really amazing. And these are like these not so obvious prompts that they give you to like keep you grounded in like in like Middle earth. Um so yeah I think I, I might be doing a bit of a shit sandwich thing because I'm getting on to something I didn't like too much. Um and it was the representation of Gil-galad. Now again I'm not a talking lore person like that. But isn't Gil-galad supposed to be like one of the most awesome people of all time and um, I didn't like the fact that Elrond wrote a speech for him. I mean, what did, what did you make of that? Because when that kind of thing happens, it makes it seem like are the writers trying to say Elrond should be in charge and Gil Galad is like incompetent when he's supposed to be this legendary character.
1: Like, what did what did you think of that? That was the one thing in the episode that kept bothering me. Yeah, that was that was weird, wasn't it? So I was like, why is he writing the speech? Yeah. That's the the thing that kept coming over. No, I was I I remember it's 10am and I'm sitting there and I'm like, why is he writing that speech? Like, this isn't, it's like, I can't even compare it. It's like saying, oh, Legolas is a famous archer. Yeah. And then you get yeah. Gimli to teach him how to,
0: to do it. Yeah, it was like Gimli that taught him. This is like a really... I it was like, Gimli
1: that taught him everything he knew. Like, it was that sort of like, are you trying to do that typical writer's trope, which is that to make Elrond seem of a higher position? Yeah, you diminish yeah. everyone else's power. If that makes sense, yeah, because then it's yeah, like, it be. yeah, because then that person deal- is then he's too OP. No, no, no obviously yeah. not OP. You know what I mean in the sense of like he's too much. Then do you know what I mean. So I feel like maybe they'll try to do this thing where they're trying to probably establish Elrond as not the head honcho per se, but the head honcho, the jefe. And you can't really have someone of that calibre be up to par with him. So you've got to do something. You've got to give or take. And obviously in that sense, they did that. So, yeah, I was a little bit confused as to why they did that.
0: Yeah. And I think, I I don't know, again, like, you know, the writers, you know, maybe writing for people that, um, again, you know, maybe, maybe even for people like me, but like at the same time, I'm just aware that Gil-Galad was um, a very prominent person and, you know, not like someone that needed speeches uh, written for him. And you know what you said about um, putting like other people down, you know, they they might be, they might actually be going for that angle. I mean, the fact that, um, you know, some elf comes along and says to Elrond, you know, only lords are invited to this particular meeting and stuff like that. And, you know, you've got people probably looking at the screen, but Oh, but, but, but he does turn into Lord Elrond. Oh my God. He was getting rejected at the start, but he, he is going to end up as Lord Elrond and, you know, stuff like that. And I think it, it's a bit too on the nose. And like, again, I'm not deep into Tolkien lore, but I can imagine stuff like that annoying, uh, quite a few people. But as I said, we're doing a shit sandwich. So I'm going to go to one of the things that's. We'll jump back to that scene, um, but I just want to kind of go around and you know maybe introduce all the other characters that we saw. And so we go to a place called the Southlands, I believe, where they're being watched over by our fictional elf character um, Arindo, I think his name was. Is that
1: correct? Yeah, I think so. If I remember correctly, Arindo. Yeah,
0: Um, that was interesting. Now I'll just give my like immediate what my immediate reaction is. And you might've actually seen it in the like notes um, I sent you, like just immediate reaction notes when uh, um, he, and you know, he's a black, he's a black guy and he goes into a tavern and there's a guy there saying, get over it. It happened. It happened years ago. And I was like, uh, Racimo, R- R- Racimo, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> like <laughs> I, was, I was like, yo, what? And, and you know, obviously, they ended up giving us context, but they did it in the the wrong way around. So, obviously, the context is these are people, men that followed Morgoth. So, elves have been, po- you know, basically stationed there to make sure they don't rise up again. But obviously, my guy's been there for 80 years, which means he is looking over the children of the people that rose up, but they're still being oppressed. Um, so yeah, like hello, role reverse was there a bit. I got spun a bit, but um, yeah. What, what do you like? So he's an original character, obviously a lot of attention on him for various reasons, of course. Uh, yeah. What 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 did you make? Like, what was your initial? What was your initial thoughts when you you saw you saw him on screen and
1: like his first few scenes? That scene in the tavern, literally when you texted me that, that's the first thing oh. I thought as well. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Am I watching Django? Yeah, it's
0: was like.
1: Get
0: damn o- get over it I was like what get
1: over what bro What do you?" Think I about? thought he was talking to me I'm like oh wait 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 yeah, exactly. I know you ain't telling me to get over it then I have to remember wait 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 oh, we're hey, not he, in-
0: said, he said it was so much venom he said it was so much venom uh, as well I'm like you're enjoying this you're enjoying oh. this role a bit too much bro yeah
1: we've got to do some investigations on you clearly it was giving yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Fassbender and 12 Years a Slave I was like that was a bit too much oh, for me
0: Yeah, honestly, all these people that sign up to Tarantino movies and they're like, "You enjoy this," and you know he's got a lot of recurring characters as well. It's like you enjoy this a bit too much. Why do you sign up for? You've done, he's done twelve movies. You've done ten of them to come and say the N word. I'm like, bro, like, (laughs) anyway.
1: Yeah, but on to to him. You know what? He was the one character who I was most excited to see because I was like, he had such discourse surrounding him. Um, running up to the show. Yeah. He was very stoic, very, um, yeah. I don't yeah. want to say repressed, but very like, letter by the law, like very like to himself. Yeah. Which was quite interesting to watch um, because everyone else, you there's very vibrant, very in your face in terms of their personalities and what things they're into, what things hurt them, what things anger them, what things make them laugh, et cetera, et cetera. And he was the one character on the show you really couldn't get a read on him. mm Apart from the interaction with the lady that we probably will talk about, um, yes. his little love interest. But uh, you couldn't get a good grasp on him, which I kind of liked, though, because I'm like, you're so different to everyone else because you're, he seems mm. very typical military type in terms of what he's yeah. experienced like um to myself i'll follow everything by the letter of the law stoic brave mm. you know i'll get if, if this was in the modern world i'll get my bravery medal and i'll get knighted like, that's what he sort of represented so to see him open up with that interaction um uh, yeah very interesting i thought oh, this is new you're acting a bit brand new you're smiling <laughs> you weren't smiling before and I think his character mm. development will be going to be the most interesting. It's the one I'm actually most excited for. Because obviously, typically, I was excited for Gilgalad and Galidor and um, the dwarves that you're in and stuff, which we'll probably talk about later on, and Elrond. But yeah, yeah. he makes me so excited because I want to see where that takes him later on. Like, how yeah, much will yeah. he open up? Will he change aspects of his personality? Because he's going to have to adapt, anyways. Because you can't be yeah. stoic like that for so long. You've got things coming out for you now. Like we've, we know, like yeah. these guys aren't dead, and this is, you know, and it's not over. So it'll be interesting to see what he'd be like facing a similar situation from uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago with a new personality type, if that makes sense, with his new. Personality as he develops, so his character development is one that I'm going to be keeping an eye on because I think they will nail the show properly if they nail him. Yeah, yeah. That's where I think it will hinge on. If they fail him, then I'm going to be I'm going to look at it with some not disdain, but with some disappointment because it's there's so much there that can be used. That's so interesting. Like, why are you stoic? What happens? Like, what made you this way? Who can, like, will she be able to pull it, When we'll talk about, will she be able to pull it out of you? Would that change the way you view the upcoming war entirely? Um, would that change the yeah. way you manoeuvre military-wise, personality-wise, with making friends? Because he seems very alone, yeah, very to knows, himself. He like, knows. he didn't have any besties. No, no. <laughs> Not him at all. In comparison to the other elves, because usually with elves, you always see them, with other people they're all like together yeah, companionship. there's companionship then it was very interesting to see one very isolated and on his own so i'm quite excited for that i don't know what you think yeah
0: yeah i think maybe that's and they're setting him up to come to a decision basically because um you know like like we said one of the overriding themes of this is the lack of actual written material so it is an opportunity for The writers to come up you know with really good uh plot points um if that makes sense and i think this man that has been sent to guard this town of people town of traitors in the elves minds um but then obviously like quite clearly being in love with one of the townsfolk um is is a very interesting way to go and they you know they can take it all over the place you know they're you know, every every good story needs that, you know, introduction, the conflict, you know, decisions people make and the journey um, that they go on. And, uh, yeah, probably the reason, you know, he, he is that way in, ter- in terms of his stoicism and stuff like that. I mean, my brother's bored. And the only thing he's got to look at is, uh, you know, he's just overwatching his town. They're probably never going to rise up again. Because, um, you know, in some ways it makes you think, you know, you know, why would they were not... Our fathers, as far as far as they're concerned, you know, Morgoth is dead. They probably don't even know who Sauron is and all that sort of stuff. Um so uh, and I will mix in a bit of uh, episode two into this, but um with Gilgalad saying that the war is over, so he now wants he now has to leave his post, but clearly doesn't want to because he's in love with Brown, um our lady from um, the town and also discovering that there's evil spreading, although I think it was very cliche, like, well, oh, how do we know things are evil? Well, blue goo I'm sorry, black goo is coming out of everything, so it must be evil. Um and you know he's staying there um, you know, to defend the people from this, but then you know there is that conflict because obviously the townspeople don't like him. Um the townspeople also know that Brownwin is in love with him. Um so yeah, there's a lot of places that story can go, and I think that's one of definitely one of the more interesting subplots and it'll be interesting to see how they tie them in um to the rest of the story. Um what did what do you make of Brown as a character? I've I've seen the actor before, um, in How I Met Your Mother. Um that's the one Barney should have married, by the way. He messed up crazy. He messed up crazy. Um what did you what did you make of her as a character?
1: I really liked her. I yeah, really, yeah. really, really, really liked her. I think she brings a sort of humanity to it, if yeah. that makes any sense. Cause I think it's sometimes. About
0: being a healer and stuff like that. You
1: know? Yeah. Cause I think sometimes you sort of forget that, you know, these are, Ugh, I don't know how to explain it. You get sort of caught up with, I want to see this, 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 and this, and this. And to see like someone like her in that world and seeing how it actually affects everyone around because sometimes you're so focused on the wars and wanting to see orcs and wanting to see Sauron and all that stuff which is fun but I think actually seeing people like her and the actual consequences to Mm. certain actions if that makes sense and I think her relationship with Gil Gallad was very very sweet um and very touching and it was one of the nice humane moments on the show because the show was a lot and very intense and very heavy which I loved and I had no complaints about but it was quite nice to get those nice emotional beats and these humane interactions because in the midst of everything that's going on there's also companionship and community there as well and I think
0: which
1: which is important and I think she did a brilliant job in that and the actress was very very good Very very good, yeah, really good. Don't know what you thought about her.
0: No, I thought she was great. Actually, I like like I said, um, you know, earlier uh, in the recording, I think every in terms of acting performance, like you know, we're jumping around so many different places. Oh, and again, see, every time we like have this talk, I, I always think of something to just throw in to really compliment the transition from place to place. Them using the map and actually like you know showing us where people were so like if they're in the sundering sea if they're somewhere in i was about to say uh the shire but obviously the shire doesn't exist in the third age or at least they started recording history uh in the third age uh but that map the map transition was um was really really nice so uh yeah so and back so back to the acting like whilst all that transition was happening i never felt anyone's acting performance you know fell off there wasn't there wasn't um you know, that, that really obvious change in who we're doing. And you can imagine if they're in these different locations, it's likely these things were filmed in different countries, maybe weeks apart. So it was really good to see that, you know, each group had a really strong performance. So what we'll just do now, so we've kind of introduced uh, most of the characters that appeared in episode one. Um, Let's talk about a few more characters. And then I think... Um, we'll just like loop through what the main thread of the story is because Galadriel is obviously the main character. But I just want to touch on the other characters that we see. Um, so Brownwyn's son finding what appears to be a broken sword that also has Sauron's mark on it. Um, what, did you, what did you make of that? Any, any thoughts around that? It was it not weird something so strong and powerful it was just sat in some random village and nobody knew about it? What do you think about that?
1: That was insane.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> that was insane. That was. I imagine
0: those creatures were hunting for it or something. I don't know. That was
1: bloody, bloody insane. I was like, wait, are we doing the mark this early? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, honestly.
1: I was so surprised because I thought we weren't going to see any mark or anything of him in the first two episodes. I thought maybe third or fourth. They gave us a shot. They gave us a and shot. And then when they I, I saw, saw it, because I was like. Geez maybe I'm going crazy. I had to rewind it just to make sure (laughs) that it is what I saw. And then when I saw it, I was like, Oh wow. Okay. (laughs) So yeah, I was, it, do you know what? It was good. It surprised me, but it was good because I quite like it because you still don't know who, who he is on the show. It gives you enough to know he's there. We know he's there. Obviously it's in the trailer. But we don't know who he is.
0: And one thing I'm very happy about, I'm very happy that the school shooter isn't Sauron because I thought the the school shooter from the trailers, if you watch the trailers, you know what I'm on about, someone looking uh, extremely young with eyes glazed over and it was something to do with that broken sword. And I thought that was Sauron, but I think they've made deliberate steps to show that isn't what Sauron's form will be at the same time, though. At the same time, in the Second Age, Sauron is the deceiver. Maybe we've already seen him.
1: That's what I was literally about to say. They did it perfectly. He's a deceiver. (laughs) Like, we're we're meant to second guess who he is. Like, you're meant to think, is it this guy? Is it this guy? Is it this guy? Think of it like, you know, the whole Mephisto thing. That's what yeah, this yeah, is meant to yeah. be like. Behind, also,
0: behind everything,
1: yeah. Also, I just realised that instead of saying Aaron do it, for about mm-hmm. Brown win <laughs> I said Kilcannis. So apologies. Everything I said about Bronwyn was about Aaron Deere with her.
0: Yeah, just yeah, clarifying. No, uh, to be fair, I'm sure I'm sure people would have uh, uh, picked up. on I that literally anyway, just realised. Character itself was
1: it was about laughing, with him. I had Gal- yeah. I had Gil <laughs> Galis stuck in my head. <laughs>
0: Oh, your gal is on your brain, yeah? He's on your mentor. So he's a great guy, I'm sure. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so yeah, you know, that, that's, um, that, that's an interesting plot point. So then a few more major characters that, and locations we'll touch on. Then, like I said, we'll go back to Galadriel, who's like the main thread of the story. Um, so we also have, uh, Keller Brimbo, who has really limited screen time, but I thought was very interesting and is so short that, we can talk about both his appearances or at least his mention. So Gil Gallard's obviously saying to Elrond, you know, have you heard of Kara Brimbor? And Elrond, you know, makes this guy sound like a celebrity. He's like, yeah, yeah, of course I've heard of him. Uh, you know what the, one of the best forgers ever and all that kind of stuff sounded quite excited, uh, to meet him. Uh, then when you meet Gil, Ga- um, so, so, so you, got me doing Gil Gallard as well. Now, uh, when you meet <laughs> Cara Brimbor, um, he comes across as the archetype that is obviously brilliant, but is unsatisfied. He's talking about how Feanor made the Cerimilus, uh, uh, I can never say it properly, um, which is like, yeah, the mo- one of the most beautiful jewels to ever exist. And he says something like, you know, I want that level of greatness, which, you know, you're the guy that's about to forge the rings that are going to cause havoc. But I like the way they were setting it up, like you know, and it wasn't even they didn't even go straight into the rings. They were like, "I need a forge first, you know, I need to sort out forge," and then obviously, and again, we're you know mixing into episode two now. Uh, We've got him um, sending Elrond off to uh, Khazad-dum, but you know, what did you make of what did you make of Celebrimbor? Because um, he's obviously a very significant character, but um, his screen time was really limited. I think in the first two uh, episodes,
1: he's probably. The most significant character, due to the yeah, absolute uh, mess he causes, <laughs> middle. He's lab. the guy that
0: made the nuclear weapons. It's
1: he him. made him. He like, he created he, he, he created him Hiroshima bombs. Man, that's yeah, what he did.
0: Is, he's Oppenheimer.
1: He's Oppenheimer, like, literally. Worse, yeah. But you know what? I loved the whole tortured artist thing he had going on. Yeah, like yeah, I loved that. it. <laughs> like that's exactly what I think. Like you know what? Like I know I'm good. Why could yeah. be better. Yeah. <laughs> that, no, that he no, like, I know I have talent. <laughs> exactly. Like, you could tell that, like, you know, the pressure is getting worse for him. Like, yeah. you... oh, my days. Yeah, it's
0: like his
1: head was in the clouds. I was like, you, you're not even going to understand what you're actually going to do in the future. Like, you're complaining now. Yeah, you're complaining now. But if you see oh, what God. you, God. what you caused because you created it, all the Miss that the absolute havoc you caused, Miss love because of your like. I I wanted to shake it, but you don't understand. Your creation is coming to you. Well, yeah, but no, I loved it. He had me pissing myself. I was laughing the entire time. i'm Not gonna lie, the whole thing of Elrond making him seem like some sort of Elvis Presley, like this is the guy, like Like, this is this is him. He was like, he's him. Fan love, fan love, fan love. (laughs)
2: Uh,
0: honestly, honestly, but yeah, no, really good introduction, and I think, uh, I did like the, uh, foreshadowing. You know, I want to do something, as significant as, uh, Fairnold, that sort of stuff. I, I really did enjoy that, um, because that's the kind of thing. You know, uh, you know, people make memes about it, but you know, the whole Leonardo DiCaprio like clearing out his screen thing. Yeah, but I. <laughs> Hey, as a, as a TV watcher, I want, I want th- those feelings. I want those feelings. Um, and you know, for example, a lot of people, again, just to even take it, you know, way back to the start of the episode, you know, some people were very excited about the two trees that they showed at the start because, um, yes. Yeah. See, even your, <laughs> like, you know, before, before there were sunrises and, uh, you know, Morgoth uh, came and messed everything up, but I was sitting there like, oh, that's a really beautiful tree. I'm sure it means something, but, you know, that's gone over my head. But, you know, obviously other people were really, really
1: excited. About I that. squealed. And, uh, I was in my room. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> when I saw the two yeah, trees.
0: And, and that's how I felt when Keller Brimble... And, you know, I played uh, the Shadow of Mordor games. So oh, it,
1: I remember uh, those games.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Keller Brimble's, like, you know, the second, like, you know, basically one of the main characters... Um, because as a Tolkien fan, you know I didn't even know uh, if if sorry not as a Tolkien fan Peter Jackson trilogy. If you are only into that, you would think Sauron is the one that picked up the hammer and did whatever he did. I don't think Celebrimbor is even mentioned.
1: No, so. that's that's what the films the films I don't get. I don't want anyone to shoot me. Those are my favorite films ever. Right, I always recommend yeah, of it, course. but that's where I feel like it 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 went wrong a little bit in that sense because when you read the Lord of the Rings books and you read all the lore and stuff I'm like oh so you're telling me Sauron didn't create oh, I was bare thinking because I watched the films yeah. first Sauron I thought he worked day and night creating those rings
0: that's, it's, that's it sounded like that's what it sounded it, like like the literal line from the movie is he forged in secret a master ring to control all lovers, and into this ring he poured his cruelty, his malice. I, fact, I, I swear, I can, I can do the entire movie. Bar for bar, his cruelty, his malice, and his will to dominate all life. Then he shows the ring, one ring, ring Ooh. to rule them all. Well, ah, I can, I, I, swear, like we'll do a bonus episode. I'll just literally sit here and I'll just recite the entire you movie. I love it. So yeah, much.
1: you do that. I'll do all of Aragorn's lines. That's my dog, or Gimli, or oh, Gimli, or oh, Gimli. Okay. <laughs>
0: And I suppose you think you're the one to do it. That all that all that good stuff. Anyway. You can never be um, friends
1: with an elf. <laughs>
0: <laughs> never I trust an elf, yeah. Sorry, Reese, that's a terrible impression. But um we appreciate you, yeah. Uh thank you for giving us Gimli. And then so he sent Arond. Again, we're just mixing into the um second episode, but I think I think just as an introduction, it's really important we actually start we just cover off what we thought of the characters because at the end of the day, we were being introduced to them. So I think it's also worth discussing khazad Doom. Now, again, Khazad-Dum looked absolutely incredible. Obviously, it was crazy to be like, you know, this is where uh, Frodo is uh, 3,000 years later, but the entire place is a ruin. And to see what it looks like, I'm sure Tolkien fans enjoyed that because it is described in his books of the way it used to look like Halls of Splendor and all that kind of stuff. Um, I had no idea that Elrond was friends with um, one of the Sons of Durin. Um, is that, I, I don't know, is that something you've come across? I, I had no I idea.
1: Because it's been ages since i read anything, because I literally kept telling myself to refresh my memory on the second age, because there were things that I remembered mm. overtly, like I could call mm-hmm. upon instantly. That was one of the yeah. things I forgot.
0: Oh, ah, okay.
1: That's one of the things I forgot. So when I saw it, I'm like, did this happen? Because then I'm like, yeah, it it did happen. And then when I think I saw a tweet (laughs) someone made and it jogged my memory, it completely jogged it. So they were were friends. Yeah, yeah. They weren't like bestie, but yeah, they were cool. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because when it was like, you know, you missed my wedding and stuff like that. I was like, oh, I didn't know it was, I didn't know it was that, uh, I didn't know it was that tight. Um... So, yeah, yeah. No, I I mean, I did look that they had, you know, they had good chemistry. I thought Durin's wife um, acted really well uh, as well. I think that's like a character you just kind of, you know, sort of fall in love with uh, that uh, the whole matriarch um, of the whole piece. Uh, so, yeah, that was good. And then um, another, I think, just one more person to explore because I think this is really important. Then we'll go, we'll just quickly thread through the story and I think we'll end it there. Um, but the mystery man, the meteor man, who do you think this guy is?
1: Everyone guy says is? something different, right? I thought a Maya or a Blue Wizard, mm. right? I okay, got on Reddit, yeah. people are telling me Gandalf, and I'm like, that would make, and I'm like, surely not.
0: No. Don't do it. Surely don't not. Do it.
1: Surely they don't won't put Gandalf. That will make no sense. Like that. Don't do that fan service. And Ian McKellen or whoever plays Young that, Ian that's McKellen. Not,
0: that's not even fan service. That is. That is.
1: This pure stupidity. Because when someone said Gandalf, yeah. I'm like, he's with hobbits, and people are like, you can understand why he's friends with hobbits. what like, no, that, that's not. So I'm hoping it's a Maya. True. I'm hoping. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. It's 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 got it's 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 got, got to, to be one. But At
0: the same time, yeah. Um
1: someone said Saruman, which was a left field no, shout, just, but then and I was like that I don't know if that makes any sense. It being no, Saruman.
0: I, um like just, just technically, I know from a technical point of view that Saruman was part of the Istari Order. Yeah. So that's where uh, uh was what's his name? Radagash or whatever yeah. Gandalf and Saruman come from. And they didn't land until the, the third, third age, age. So it can't be them.
1: But yeah, because yeah, it was very interesting right? yeah, sure. hearing people's like because when they were saying Gandalf, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure he went around then. But I'm like, would mm. they actually forego creative license and put him there? Because I was trying to think like them, would you actually cause it might obviously mean you wouldn't do it. Yeah. But would they would in their minds would they actually do it? Because I was not thinking Gandalf at all. I I don't even know who I thought it was going to be.
0: I mean, it's definitely going to be a wizard. Like
1: it's a wizard of we, some kind, but we just need to know of what kind. Now it's re- it's really bothering me that I don't know who this is. I don't like a whodunit. Yeah. Like, I, I, just tell me who it is.
0: <laughs> Honestly, but I think I think that would be one of the mysteries. And, and like I said, you know, Mel, um, so not Mel Cole, um, Oh, even on that, like, Sauron is supposed to be called Malcom, but you know what, you know what, whatever, whatever. That that's for some people that was like a massive deal, but I don't know, that it, it doesn't bother me too much. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it will be interesting to see who he is, but I think I think he will definitely end up being a wizard. So finally, just to round it off, and I kind of I know we kind of we've slipped into um episode two. Quite a lot, but I think it was just necessary, especially with the introduction of the characters. Um, finally, so we've got to return back to the story. So Galadriel comes back from the, uh, let's just call it the frozen waste and is convinced. Well, Gil-Gal- uh, Gilgalad is convinced that the war is over and everyone should go home. What's more is that her and her company can return to the undying lands. Now, a lot of people I've heard. In the Tolkien universe had a big problem with that because that is like effectively their heaven. And it's like, how is someone just simply able to grant them that? Do you know what I mean? Um, now how can you just like grant someone, you know, eternity just like that, that they can just sail across? Um, so I do find it weird, but again, I, it's not something I know too much about. Um, you know, do you have any opinion on, um, Gilgalad saying, well, you can return to Valinor now?
1: Yeah, because why did he say that? That's my thing. The was over,
0: apparently.
1: Like, I was saying, I'm like, realistically, no. Like, that's not, that's not yeah. do you know what I mean? It, I, had a a, I had an issue with it. It wasn't something like, I'm going to get raging pissed about and like doing, you know, YouTube videos and have caps in my titles and stuff. <laughs> but it was a bit more yeah. like, what the hell's going on here? If that makes sense? Yeah.
0: It does, it, it does. And,
1: um, I don't know narratively what that does for the show. Like I don't mind changes, I'll come a liar. Yeah. I mind changes to lore. But I can't <laughs> I won't mind it too much if it narratively makes sense.
0: Well, see that that's the thing. And so like if we follow the story, it seems like the entire thing, and I don't know if you've seen the preview to episode 3, but we're going to be introduced to the Númenorians Numen- and it seems that the whole thing was like a plot device to get Galadriel to Numenor. Um She doesn't want to go back to Valinor. He's obviously, you know, ends up being convinced by Elrond, but she knows in her heart she doesn't want to go. So they're about to get to Valinor, and, uh, you know, don't get me wrong, it looks very beautiful. Remember, it's like, it's supposed to be like a heavenly, godly sort of place, so, you know, we're getting the golden cloud, we're getting those amazing dove-looking creatures um that are not quite of this earth, and then, you know, she, she decides to dive out <laughs> into the water and it's like you're going to swim what was the, was the plan to swim back to middle earth like it was just it was weird and like now knowing that she ends up on numenor it's like was that whole thing gilgalad saying yeah you guys can go back um a whole plot device to get her to jump into the sea then somehow end up washed up at Numenor. I'm like, that
1: was that's a bit. It, weird, it was so stupid weird. because I'm um, stupid is such a strong word, but it was so stupid because you can still have that plot line of her going there without having to say that. Yeah, There's a way just, of doing just things. Just write something, just better, write something you know? but don't be lazy. Just, uh,
0: yeah, like it's it's, and you know, don't get me wrong. The um, the scene with the sea worm, I thought was quite good. Uh, the, um, you know, those people that, like, didn't trust them, I like, tried to push off, the, but, you know, and, um, this person that eventually saves her. I don't know what to make of him, but I think we'll get a proper introduction, um, a proper introduction, uh, in the third episode, um, of what that, that other guy's motivation is, the guy that, you know, ends up saving her. Um, so yeah, I, um, I thought that was a really weird ending, um, Really weird, like, motivation, really weird setup. I mean, given, you know, and it just sounded even worse when I heard the fact that, oh, actually, you know, you can't actually just grant people to go back to the Undying Lands. And also, if Galadriel really didn't want to go because she's bent on revenge, and, you know, we get that. I think that's something anyone can understand. doesn't matter the context of the story. But it's like, why sail to all the way to almost Valinor and be like, nah. And it's not like she changed her mind. She didn't want to go. You know, look, look at shout out, shout out, Arwen, Arwen. Before they got to the harbour, before they left Rivendell, they hadn't left Rivendell's borders. I remember she turned around and um, you she know, left. Know, that's when she got back. The speech about her, uh, you know. Yeah, she was like, "I'm not, I'm not going." Tell I me what was in my world, dream. You know, whether by the yeah, exactly. What have you seen? What? Tell me what
1: you've seen. Tell me what you've seen, I Father. You've no, because you nailed it. You actually nailed it. Because for me, her character arc that you showed in the last nearly two hours was that she's stubborn she's headstrong every time someone tells her to give up she digs her heels in even further and i understand if they were able to convince her to maybe there's a way to to show that she can be malleable without doing that if their thing was trying to show that she can actually she will actually hear people out and she can actually adapt her plans, then you can do it differently than the way... Because what's the point of you going, oh, yeah, I'm going to go, and then go, oh, see ya, I'm going to Michael Phelps my way out of this now? Because then what was the whole point of having Gil Gallard mm. say that statement in the very first place, if that makes any sense? So, yeah, because yeah, if yeah, it was like Arwen where she was about to get on the boat and then she goes, you know what? This ain't for me, lads. Off I pop. And just... They could have just done that. If, if, swim, but yeah. yeah, but that, I think I don't know if I'm just being nitpicky and I'm just being a bit of an an ass about it. But
0: no, that that was a big that was a big um, issue. I think because like there's lots of positives around this um, episode. I think they've made an amazing effort with the characters, the costumes, the locations, the way things look, some of the shots, the music was incredible. Like you can tell the budget went into this. Like I said, it's very. Cinematic. I love, uh, you know, almost all the characters. I'm still a bit unsure about the Harfoots and um, what their involvement will be, but I'm very intrigued about the Meteor Man. So loads of things that are obviously going to keep me invested in the story. But remember Galadriel's our main character and what they've made her do over the past two episodes is a bit silly. Um, just creating something, you know, completely unrealistic to place her at a certain point. I think you just need to write better. I, I, you know, I'm not a writer, and you know, but you guys get paid for it. So, you know, do what you get paid for. Um, but look, no, but like overall, that's what, you know, my friends asked me, I said 7.5. Uh, my brother um, is one of those that has actually decided to boycott it. I told him it was good. He said, I'm not watching it uh, at all. <laughs> so, I don't know what that's about, but you know, you know, shout out to him. I'm going to try and convince him to watch it just so even if he wants to get angry about it, he can, he can, he can jump on.
1: Um, I'm literally. I was literally like, going to yeah, do the yeah, same to my guess. wife. My boyfriend's a huge Lord of the Rings fan, so I was going to just try and be on the yeah. blower to him, be like, "Watch the damn episode! Like, watch it." Watch the watch the damn episode. No, you have to. It's have to worth it. I don't know. If I'm going to threaten my brother. It's with, worth but, it because yeah, I think a lot of people yeah, were. I think that. me and you even were cheesy ourselves. Like, we're gonna, let's, I'm going to call it spirit of spade. Spirit. Chizzy yeah. and I for weeks, actually not weeks, for months were very sceptical about this show. We were very worried. You know, Sauron Hive was a bit worried about where this was going to (laughs) go. But, like, if Mm. we, if us two, of all people, can watch this and feel like, you know what, I like this. Like, I actually prefer it over the Hobbit series, excluding the second one. I actually prefer it more than the Hobbit at the moment. Like, going into it, I immediately Mm. like it with the Hobbit. I was having such nitpicky problems with it. Whereas this is a, yeah. I give it a, I give it a solid eight. I was pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. The yes, characterisations, for the most part, was good. The setting was great. The music was great. Costuming was brilliant. I think the dynamics between different characters are really good. I think it's the, actually something I don't know if we touched on. The way they spoke was so Tolkien, Shakespearean, like I was. Ob- I was yeah, like, this yeah, is exact. Right. Like this is what I wanted. Like, you're meant to sound like from a completely different universe. This is exactly what I'm, do you know what I mean, because I think sometimes whenever you get fantasy mm. shows, they put a policy British accent on and like, yeah, now look, we're in a new land. Whereas <laughs> with the use yeah, of obviously. language on the show, like, there's so much more that goes into it than just an accent. There's the way you talk and the language you use. And yeah. I think the show did a brilliant, brilliant job in bringing Tolkien's world to life. Because that's exactly like... Because it's really yeah. hard to extrapolate. I'm going off a tangent here, but it's really hard to extrapolate books and lore into film and TV adaptations because there's some things that are so literal that you can't yeah, put into really a film or TV show because it won't make sense in a TV show. But they strike a good balance in making it seem like, okay, this is Tolkien speak, and this is exactly what he would probably visualise of his world. They will have some TVing issues, of course, yeah. but for the most part, I enjoyed it. I'm not a huge. I mean, okay, I am. I I do stand Galidra. I do stand her. I'm I'm a liar. I do stand her. But <laughs> like I I really liked what they did with her. Like you you felt that she was the front. Yeah, she yeah. was the face. She's the face of the franchise. And
0: yeah, no, absolutely. she's, she's the, the main, main character,
1: character for sure. me. And I think they did a good job. I think they set up the world. I think the only thing you can ask for in these two episodes set up the world perfectly. Diver straight back in. And set us up so then when everything happens that like we know all the characters now, we know who our allegiances are with, we know who's probably gonna betray us in the future yeah. and just go from there. I wasn't expecting massive narrative stuff in the first two episodes when No, no,
0: it was it was very much um, you know, if you play chess, it's like very much like the opening pieces on the board, putting everyone in position. So, you know, Galadriel being the most obvious one. We need to find a way to place her in Numenor. Um, You know, we need to find a way to place these elves looking over those townsfolk that once supported Morgoth. We need to place Elrond with Keribimbor and get how that develops. So they've done that very well. And that's why I think a lot of this episode wasn't too much narrative driven, more, you know, what did we think of the characters and the locations and how they're setting things up. So, yeah, no, uh really good. Um I think we'll leave it here. So, um, hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed listening to us. Um, you know, it's the first time, certainly the first time for me. I think um, my friend Priscilla here has uh, had some experience recording standing villains and stuff.
1: Um, okay, okay. I didn't
0: say this to Bankole, but I actually love villains as well. So.
1: I want to preface this, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. people worry. are making me seem like there's, there's certain characters, who, who like heroes that I love. Yeah, like aragon that's my dog. I'll ride through. I'll do anything for him, right? I don't stand orcs. I don't like Saruman. Like, (laughs) there's just particular villains that win me over a little bit. You know, like, you know, Sauron was one. I I did root for him in the trilogy. I don't want anyone to judge me. Frodo's a nice guy. I like Elijah Woods. I love Samwise. (laughs) Samwise is my favorite character in the entire books. Like, he's my favorite character. Yeah. And I loved them very much and I wanted them to win. Like a sick part of me wanted Sauron to it because I just wanted to see what he would do, just to see what would happen. I mean, it's a bit like just when, to see, um... It'd be like Thanos when he slapped his fingers. It's like, What would you have done, Sauron? What would you have done? What uh, mess would yeah, you have caused? What was he cooking? <laughs> do
0: you know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. Oh, no, well, sweet, sweet. Well, um, yeah, so I uh, hope everyone enjoyed. Um, so um, this is not the only thing we talk about, um, on this podcast. Um, we actually have. Um, some really, really, uh, all the, all the hot TV shows at the moment, basically. Um, so that includes industry on BBC. There's actually a weekly recap with the actual creators of the show. That's how big this is. And of course, we've got House of the Dragon weekly as well. Um, be sure to, uh, follow us on, uh, social media. Uh, Priscilla, I don't know if you want anyone to follow you. If you
1: want to drop your app, uh, a little plug. Oh, oh, okay. Wow. Look at the social media drop. Um, so it's, Priscilla, so the usual spelling of Priscilla, but just for an X instead of the first I-I-D-K on Twitter. If you wanna you know, if you wanna shit talk with me about Tolkien, go ahead. I'm all here for it.
0: <laughs> um my uh is uh Chizzy, so C-H-I-Z-Z-Y VII. Uh, you probably don't want to follow me because um, I just get angry about Arsenal um, and write poems.
1: Yes, he does. He it's just it's just
0: Arsenal videos. Yeah. So um, yeah, not not too much fun over there. But if you do want to give us a follow, main thing though, popcorn for dinner. All one word underscore pod. Uh, give us a follow. Listen to other podcasts. And um, yeah, no thanks ever so much for coming.
1: Bye. <laughs> Oh my gosh! We recorded a podcast, mad. That's actually crazy.